0: I did all this stuff for me, I can just be myself now and be happy and truly like I don't care about rocking the boat as much, I know when to say things and when to not, but I know
1: my opinions, I don't have to be sorry about who I am. Welcome to the Slow Down Time Podcast. I'm Van An, a second generation Vietnamese Australian on my journey away from being the busy and stressed out primary school teacher into a slower, more present version of myself. This podcast is here to help you rediscover what it is you want and to begin letting go of cultural pressure to rush through life. Yes, you'll question your identity, your life decisions, and begin trusting yourself to fully live with intention. I'm so excited to be your host and walk you through this journey. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I've got Charlene joining us. And I first heard about you through Tracy and Wendy's podcast, A Seat at Our Table. And then we somehow connected on Instagram and we were talking back and forth. And now here you are on the podcast. Welcome. Yeah,
0: thank you so much. I also found out about you through the podcast as well. Um, Yeah, it's good to be a guest on your podcast now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very exciting. So introduce yourself. What's your cultural background and how did your parents or your family come to be in Australia?
0: Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Charlene. Um, my cultural background is Indian, Filipino and Vietnamese. Um, I consider myself a writer and I'm quite a creative person as well, so I'm not just limited to that. Um, I'm a media student. Um, yeah, how my parents got here. Um, my So my mom is half Filipino, half Vietnamese. Um, She was born in Vietnam and she moved to the Philippines as she's half Filipino after the Vietnam war, during the Vietnam war. She was very young. Um, And then I think she came here in 1994 Mm -hmm. um, just to escape like poverty. Um, They all, like my mom's side came over for a better life and a better life for their children, which we thankfully have. Um, And then my dad moved here after he finished um, high school and he also moved for a similar reason to, you know, because in India, it's all about the caste system. It kind of, um, your like wealth is determined by your last name. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, otherwise, there's not really rags to riches stories. You're either, you're kind of rich to riches. It's really hard there. Anyways, right after he finished high school, he moved here at the age of 19. Um, Yeah. And then they met at work and now i'm
1: here <laughs> long story short but yeah that's really interesting how a lot of our parents came here because they weren't very well off in other countries mm-hmm. and now coming here it's a whole new world for them <laughs> yeah
0: and you don't really realize how much sacrifices they made until i th- i think i only realized that when i became an adult and like started working and stuff that I realized how much time and um they put into working to make the life that I have today or that we all have today and it's very common experience for or for children of immigrants Mm -hmm. um it's definitely a universal experience and through the media that I watch and through representation and things like that um I can find like relatable stories as someone who's into media the stories like that help me understand my own story more. So I'm really grateful that I have the vocabulary and the knowledge to just
1: say my story. So, yeah. yeah. And you've got a whole bunch of cultures in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Have you been back to any of those countries? Actually, oh, I kind of have, but haven't. I've only been to Vietnam
0: for a stopover on my trip earlier this year when I went. I was coming home from Japan. Um, I haven't actually been back to the countries And I think the reason being, well, I've always wanted to go, like, you know, it's just normal to go back with your parents, like, to meet family or whatever. But I actually don't have any, like, family or, like, enough family to go back because all of my family is here. Mm -hmm. And when I do ask my parents, like, why can't we go back? I want to see where you guys came from. For them, it's, like, a place of their poverty And like, kind of, they didn't really have much. There's a reason why they left. Basically, brings Um, bad memories. Bad memories, and I think because it obviously got to a point where both of them had to move away, and because they had a life of poverty, and their life is so great here that they. When I ask them, they say, "Like, why would you want to go back?" Because I think the only reason, like, I have friends who go back, they have family back home, but I don't. Mm. Um, And I think it could be even a place of trauma for them, and. They just the life is just so much greater here that they don't want to go back. I do want to go and have a fun trip rather than like, oh, let's go back to where you came from because it's kind of not happy days for them. But yeah, I would love to just explore and, you know, be immersed in the culture and the language. That's the reason why I want to go back. Um, so yeah, the answer is no. But I have been to Vietnam for a stopover. It was very hot. It was like 8 p.m. And I thought like, you know, usually here, like it kind of cool change. It doesn't exist. There. It's very mm. humid. I'm sure you know if you've been... Now? It was just the airport. I don't know which airport it was, but I literally was just in the airport and I was
1: sweating. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the south. (laughs) Yeah, props. Yeah, Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always hot there, regardless of time of year, the time of day. Yeah, it (laughs) it is crazy. Yeah, so today's topic is all about identity. Mm -hmm. So we had a chat about this, and this is a really interesting conversation that I think a lot of people would. Uh, Connect with and understand on some level because all of us have struggled with our identity at some point and probably still do. I still do. It's something that's always ongoing, and you're always trying to figure out who you are, especially when we have always been told growing up, like who we should be, what job we should do, how we should live, and how we should behave, and everything, and what is our expectation. Mm -hmm. And so we're always living up to the expectation, but not really thinking for ourselves who we actually are and what we enjoy and what we actually want to pursue in life. So this topic came up and I thought this would be really interesting because you have a lot to share on this topic as well. So what was your experience with your identity as a kid? Were you unapologetically yourself?
0: um yeah when I was a kid I was definitely apologetically myself um (laughs) um but it's it's kind of a journey so I started off being very proud to be you know loud and colorful and um so I have a great family like extended family with my cousins and like aunties uncles we'd meet up like a lot during my childhood so it's great memories and things Mm -hmm. um I I kind of was taught to like because I always spoke my mind at, like, a very young age. Th- like, some of the things I would say were quite offensive. Um, not that I remember, like, what I said. But those was just kind of like, oh, why would you say that? Or, like, like it, they got so angry at me. And I used to cry a lot, too. Um, so I called, got Suki Lala. And, like,
1: Aww. yeah.
0: And I guess I didn't know what was right and wrong. Because I was always told to, like, be quiet. Mm. But that's just how I was. A loud person who, like, loved to talk, loved to cry, loved to just say whatever and that was the way I connected with people so basically I just didn't know what was right and wrong so I kind of got taught to be a bit more quieter and then at school I was very loud oh actually I wasn't I was kind of I was quiet and I only had my sister as like my friend and then we would make friends like here and there but we mostly just stayed together but then I would be loud in like writing I would write like I loved to write like I loved even just decorating a page with full of colored pens, drawings, I would fill it every space kind of thing. And I'm, I'm like that now, but I, um, that was a place where I could express myself. And then I would make friends with people. Um, even if I didn't have many friends, I still had my best friends kind of thing. I became very anxious after in grade like six, I had this homeroom teacher or whatever. I don't know what it's called in primary school, but she would basically bully me and like pick on me. And, um, she could see how loud and colorful I was that she would like, if I had to be a partner at work, she would literally deliberately put me with my crush because she she could see how I changed. I mean, obviously you can tell like when a kid has a crush on someone, but she would do it to like make fun of me. She was basically a mean girl and she could see how full of life I was. She wanted to dim my light and I would go home and like cry myself to sleep. I would cry in the shower because I didn't, I thought, because if the f- kids bullied me like for singing too loud or like, I liked writing more than PE kind of thing. It kind of hurt me a bit, but I still have my best friends. But when your own teacher is the person who was picking on you for a whole year every day, like Mm. for four terms, that's the only place I was happy during the summer holidays. Like seriously. Um, Anyways, I would cry myself to sleep and I didn't think I deserved anything good. Like, because every night I would just cry myself to sleep because I didn't understand why it was happening to me, Mm. but she was just bullying me. But I didn't, I thought that it was because of the way I was was too much kind of thing. So I put all the emphasis on my looks in my high school. Like I always wanted to stray further and further away from who I was when I was like 12, cause I was 12 at, or 11 at the time. So every time I looked at a picture of myself back then, I thought I looked so ugly rather than, you know, when you look at your childhood pictures, you think, Oh, I look so cute there or whatever. Sometimes you think, Oh, that's embarrassing. But I literally just thought I was the ugliest person ever that I just wanted to look less and less like that person. Mm-hmm. But it was only until this year when I find like, there was a lot of steps I took to getting here of just following my heart and doing what I really wanted to do. Um, so I never felt like I was very stressed during high school, but then after that, I knew I wanted to do what I wanted in uni. I wanted to take time off if I needed to, like all these things are following what I wanted to do rather than following someone else's schedule, what other people want me to do. I always ha- I had the support from my parents as well, that I could do whatever I wanted kind of thing that I finally realized I did all this stuff for me. I can just be myself now and be happy. And truly, like, I don't care about rocking the boat as much. I know when to say things and when to not, but I know my opinions. I don't have to be sorry about who I am and be like, oh, like, I used to be like this, like, just like, oh, sorry. And like, I had, thought I had to fill every silence with something, but mm-hmm. there's peace and understanding and just, there can be silences, there can be pauses. And I can still remember what I have to say. Cause I used to be so lost and anxious in my head that I didn't know what To say, and I always wanted to feel listened to, but now I realize that I don't have to do that. My voice, as it is, ju- is just enough, and people will listen to what I have to say and read what I have to write, which is just the best feeling. Because as a writer and as a creative person, you just want people to resonate with your work and resonate with you and feel seen. That's what, like, my favorite thing about what I do. So, yeah, I wasn't, I was unapologetic when I was a little kid, but then there was a long, maybe a decade or, or 11 years of just being myself in some things mm-hmm. like in art and shit sorry and things <laughs> but <laughs> like yourself yeah yeah absolutely. yeah yeah, thank you no but that was that was like yeah a bit too casual um <laughs> so in th- in my creative ventures but now I can just be myself even when I'm just you know talking to you or talking to people like I used to have a face for everyone like to people please but now I can just be this Charlene right now to everyone and it's mm-hmm. so great like I feel free and I feel happy um and I feel loved and yes. I feel loved but I also feel loved by myself that I don't have to rely on people's validation like I really used to so yeah it's just great I feel great I finally got to this point at the age of 21 but like <laughs> I have my whole life to just you know be myself which is just great like I had a lot of pain but now it's just like feels really good
1: yeah that's the thing with This journey, like it's still ongoing. Like you've reached a certain point right now where you are really satisfied. And that's still gonna change, you know? Yeah. As you try to figure things out. And the thing that I see with a lot of kids when they're young, they're so unapologetic. They don't care what's going on. They're so innocent, so pure, right? And then they come into school and they look around and see, oh, they're doing that thing. Maybe I should be doing that too. Mm -hmm. Or Psalm says one like comment about, the way they talk or the way they look or like make fun of one of their hobbies and they just start to question that and they, they start to be a bit embarrassed, ashamed of it. Exactly. And that's when they start to kind of like withdraw, not show that side of them and that's when like the identity kind of becomes hidden mm-hmm. and you're just morphing into whoever is there. That's a people-pleasing, right? Yeah. Because then you just want to be there and enjoy things that everybody else is enjoying so that nobody says anything about you. And that's like th- throughout all of schooling, like especially in high school, primary school, when you're still trying to figure out like what you actually like and find your group of friends who actually like that as well, it's so hard to figure out, okay, if I like this, how can I show this without getting judgment from other people? Yeah. And especially you mentioned about appearance as well, and that's one of the things that, you know, people can externally judge you by and that's why it's so so embarrassing sometimes because you can't hide that if you're not confident in how you look. And that's one of the first things that starts to change and -hmm. you start to hide behind your appearance and then, of course, your personality as well. And I found that for myself too. I used to always be really quiet and because if I don't speak out, no one's going to say anything, right? Because when I did say things, I'll get told off that you shouldn't have said that or... You should have said this instead. Yeah. Or that was dumb or whatever people yeah. used to say. And then you just become like this hermit, don't want to share anything.
0: It's hard when you're a kid being different. Like people are just going to try and shut you up kind of thing. And you don't realize why. Like you realize as an older person, like there, there's a reason why kids do that. But at the time, it's just so. Like, hard to be yourself. I never cared about trends and stuff like that when ki- kids would make fun of me for liking anything. Like, I got made fun of for liking Hello Kitty or liking High Five when I was, like, in grade 2. High Five. High Five, like, <laughs> in grade 2. Like, they thought, like, I was too... Like, it was kind of like, oh, you're too like I had a high five backpack for and
1: babies
0: yeah for babies like girl it's great like I don't understand like I would just don't understand why everything I like people just made fun of me for it for liking pink like I'm wearing a pink now. like all the yeah. stuff I still like now it's kind of like me healing my inner child because I was told when I was a kid that like they just wanted to grow up too fast kind of thing and I yeah. still feel like I feel like I am a, yes I am a woman but I can also just have fun like how I was when I was a kid and I can buy things I want because maybe my parents want um, financially they gave me a lot but there's also things that I couldn't have when I was a kid that I like mm-hmm. buying for myself now kind of thing um yes. to for my child really in a child with that yeah it's just so fun like I love having my own income that I can buy whatever I want but not in excess like I don't impulsively buy so that's a good thing that I learned from the way I was raised
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah it's just I think that a lot it can be kids kind of want to grow up too fast and if they can see or they saw me the way I was and it was like it wasn't like I had one bully it was like I had multiple like over a lot of my formative years that it would be like if I was singing in the choir I remember in grade three and I was singing really loud and proud and like standing tall I loved singing I loved Mm -hmm. going to church and singing um there would be someone who looked at me like this like side eye me and I'm just like like and I, that little things like that, it kind of hurts more. It was a public speaking opportunity. I would take it up. I would go for SRC, even though literally, so this is another piece of trauma, but I did went for SRC was my first like kind of speech, like advocating for myself. Like you should vote for me kind of thing. And then at the end of it, someone asked me, Oh, who did you vote for, for SRC? And I was like, SRC, like, you know, like the student representative council. And I was like, Oh, myself. It's like, Oh, you went for it. Like she's, asked me oh did you go like that's how unmemorable I was and i i don't think i was great at public speaking back then but it was one of my first times doing it that this is how so that broke me but what i would do from then on was when i was watching people's speeches i would think um i would literally and kind of analyze them and see what i like and what i don't like and then i was preparing like myself with how i was going to present myself mm-hmm. so it was years of doing that of just like watching the sidelines kind of thing and yes that was painful but I used it to make something you're great out of it every single yeah time. yeah and stuff like that makes you feel so powerful and like I feel like you know like when you see like a Disney princess when you're a kid and you're like I want to be like that I feel like I am <laughs> like them like you know the strong really women <laughs> yeah like the strong women who would just do things on their own accord like Princess Jasmine who would like she went against what her dad wanted for her to be with the street rat kind of thing like that's my one of my favorite Disney princesses Mm -hmm. little mermaid she went out to the shore because she wanted to see what was out there and live a life like kind of just following this is how I learned how to follow my heart from media from movies of just doing stuff not because your parents want you to do it because you want to do it and know that if yes they might not trust you but like you trust yourself and you're going to learn from making mistakes um and another my favorite um third princess uh, is my favorite is Mulan who literally went yeah she went to the war to fight so that she her dad didn't have to because her dad was quite old and she literally dressed herself as a man like to bring honor to family like oh my god like it makes my heart sing like just I I always wanted to be like that and now I feel like yes I'm living my life on my own accord
1: yeah and that's what being unapologetic is about because now that now that we can look back and see that, oh, we've changed so much or we've had to suppress our personality because of fear of judgment, basically. And now that we're older, there's not as many people telling us that, right? Because we earn our own income, we can spend our money the way we want. There is still some control over that, of course. We have our own thoughts. Yes. Because when we're younger, we always just listen to others opinions and what they would suggest for us but now when we're older we look back and say hey I wasn't proud of that person I was before because that wasn't your whole self you know that was just a part of you that you kind of brought out with different people Mm -hmm. but now we can kind of bring that all together and say this is actually me I'm going to be the same person regardless of who I'm with I mean there are some like you know um, rules if you're with in a certain setting or whatever but you can still be yourself without hiding, you know, parts of you or being ashamed yeah. about your personality or the way you look. Yes. Yeah. Did you see your identity as lots of different parts that weren't connected? Yes,
0: I definitely did. Um, I think something we haven't even mentioned yet, but was a big part of it, was my Asian Australian identity. Mm. Um, when I was younger, I never looked in the mirror and thought like that I was an Asian person, um, just because there was there was a bit of representation like I can remember um Kathleen in high five and oh, yes and Karen I think her name was on play school but I I would look at Karen on play school and think oh she reminded me of my mom and even like Guy Sebastian I used to think that he was my uncle <laughs> <laughs> like I literally like my I had a, I actually have an uncle um like an Asian uncle and I used to think they were the same person. Like it did not make sense to me, but <laughs> stuff like that, like that's the it, representation was limited. But the way I would look at people would be like, oh, like and also Jay from Play School, like he was like a brown um, man. I he, him, yeah, so he reminded, like I my, him well. he reminded me of my he reminded me of my dad. Like, Aww. and I didn't say it out loud, but I would just think in my head, oh, that looks like my dad. Like I feel like safe watching them or whatever. Yeah. But I never looked at myself and like so thought I was Asian because also I went to a very Asian school and the area I live in has a lot of Asian people. So, um, and none, no none of the Asian people really talked about their identity, but I remember like there was a little, there was a lot of that, um, internalized racism because like, I remember when a girl would show me like a K-pop music video of like girls generation. And she's like, Oh, cause I liked at the time I like one direction, like, you know, a white boy band. Um, but also like, I actually loved Zayn and Zayn is like, um, half Pakistani and like I'm brown as well so I guess I felt seen in a way I just thought yeah I thought that he was like who's my fave but I never thought oh we're both half brown like it was just like oh he's cute and like he's I don't know I found out later on that he was like Desi or Indian or brown sorry anyways um she was showing me that video and I would just think why would you watch all these girls that look all look the same like this is all over and you know people who hate k-pop always say this thing like oh they all look the same you don't understand what they're singing about that's what I would think because I was never taught to be proud of by Asian identity like yes I had my family like events like you know Lunar New Year and stuff like that but I never like connected up being like Asian in my family versus being Asian just out there in the world Um, so it took a very long time for me to love because also being mixed as well, like, I remember also in high school, um, you the Viet girls would get, like, a little bit of money during Lunar New Year. And it was like, okay, all the Viet girls, like, the teacher would come and she's like, all the Viet girls, let's come and, like, get your know, Lun- Lunar New Year money. And I never went because I thought I wasn't Viet enough. Mm. Like, even though I literally am Viet, but, like, I always felt like I w- wasn't, because I wasn't as full Viet as everyone else, then I didn't deserve like, the title of, like, saying I'm Viet. But, like, if I'm not Viet, then what am I? Like, I'm still two other things, but I'm still not fully it. So um, it was a big culture shock for me when I started my uni course and I was, like, the only Asian person in my class, um, which was, like, not a reality for me when I was in high school. Um, So because it was a creative uh, course, I could write about anything I wanted. So all my assignments, like, if there was no – really brief like of like oh let's do this certain thing because it's creative so i would always write like i would always twist it in some way to talk about my identity as an asian person Mm -hmm. so i have so many just papers of me writing about like representation or doing a podcast with someone and talking about being in the media as an asian australian woman or Mm -hmm. interviewing a photographer who's this is what i actually did so interviewing a photographer who's filipino australian um like just I would always try and advocate as much as I could for the Asian community and writing, unpacking my identity through my creative ventures. And it has given me the tools to really understand, like, I, like it was my only thing that I wrote about now, but now I can write about other things and I have all the knowledge from like three years of just not going at it. Like, and that's where I found the most passion. I would inter- I even I interviewed um, one of the first, this is a really – because some of it was quite bad I was still a little bit um on autopilot because I was kind of during like the COVID era that's when I started going to uni I was a bit depressed so I was when I was doing my assignments I still felt like I was on autopilot and maybe it wasn't the best grade ever because I thought that even though I was putting so much passion into it and I wasn't getting like great grades now I realize it has nothing to do with my mental capacity it was just me having a hard time and I was doing my best and that's fine. And you learn from your mistakes kind of thing. But anyways, I also interviewed, like, someone who was at my high school who started a charity. Like, she's, like, two or three years older than me. And that was, like, one of the first things that actually got published. I think that was the first thing that got published on um, the uni journalism website kind of thing. And that made me feel really proud because that girl that I interviewed also really supported me. Like, she when I did the public – I did a public speaking competition. She was, like, a judge and – so it was kind of like full circle, like, oh, I'm going to interview you for this piece about, we have to write about a local hero. And she was like, my local hero kind of thing. Anyways, so I would just always, ad- yeah, advocate for th- my community and writing things to make me understand my identity better. And it was, it's not like it was, I was gonna say it was hard, but it was kind of funny. I loved the feeling I got from just talking about white supremacy in my class, in a class full of like... <laughs> You know, um, being the only Asian person in the class and just saying what like that's where I got a kick out of being opinionated and just saying what I wanted and having power in my voice. It was still nerve wracking to like put my hand up and like or just say stuff. You don't really put your hand up in uni. That right now I'm um I'm not in uni like because I took a break to go on a holiday, which was a good thing for me. Like to, anyways, I'm going back in semester two and I can't wait to go feeling how I feel now. Um like not really just truly being unapologetic now and also knowing that i don't have to be angry or mean about it i can just understand people and be hopefully yes i can make friends but it's also i'm not there to make friends like we can make friends if there's a connection kind of thing because i used to be really scared of like i'll make like one or two friends now i'm just like i can just talk to people and if they don't like it if they do like it then that's on them it's not on me
1: yeah so yeah I think uni is a great time to start rediscovering yourself because uni has so much freedom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can speak what you want. You can go to the bathroom whenever you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You can organize your life around the classes or around work or whatever, but you have a lot of freedom and you have a lot of autonomy for you to be an adult. And I think that is like the catalyst. That was the catalyst for me to start looking into like who am I because at school so structured, which was good, but we were kind of being held, you know, the whole way. <laughs> yeah, whereas in uni it was like, oh, I have to catch the train on my own. I have to pay for this. Oh, yes. And it was so scary for me at
0: first because yeah. I wasn't allowed to do that kind of stuff when I was in high school. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's so good to have autonomy and being, I think, for both of us being Asian women who I guess I don't – really know this for you but for me it was like I wasn't allowed to go out much when I was in high school yeah, um, same. and just do things on my own it was like study and it was it was good that yeah you can study and stuff but it was just it was a bit scary for me to go on my own at first at uni and then I had two years of being at home because of covid so it was hard to like have that uni experience that I really craved for when I was in high school I just knew that the structure and all that like, in year 12, like, people were like, oh, I'm going to miss high school. But I never thought I had that feeling because I just wanted to – I loved high school, but there was also parts I didn't like about it. So I knew I wanted to spread my wings in uni and be myself fully and start anew again because I started anew new high school, started anew in uni. It felt like a fresh start. But then when it gets just – like, imagine feeling like, so excited and it's just like, no, you're going to stay at home for two years. And that's not the full uni experience that everyone keeps talking about. Mm-hmm. Um but so when I started going back after, like, slowly going back into it, like, I at first it was hybrid, like, half or a bit of classes online, a bit uh, on yeah. campus. But w- when I went to campus, I felt really great. And then w- once I fully started going back to campus, it was so fun for me. And I-, I could just be on my own and have fun and meet people. Yeah, but just, you know, just having a silly little coffee <laughs> before uni, I would go with my sister, even though she wasn't in uni, she, we would... Like, she would come with me and she would – because I was still scared to go on my own kind of thing. So she would um, – she would come it's with me. Her. Yeah. And then she it was great. We'd have a coffee and then she would go in the library for my whole class and then we'd go home together. Or even if she had work, she would co- we'd come in the morning and then she would go on the work. Like, she, it was great that she made the effort for me because that's how, like, I had a lot of anxiety about going on my own. But she was there for me and now I feel like I can just go on my own and – it's still a bit scary, but I know that I have my t- the tools and like as in tools for me, it's just like listening to music to help me to calm down kind of thing. But I also understand my mental health better um, that I can do things on my own for myself yeah. without someone else having to lead me around because that's what I've wanted for a long time.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, it's still scary, but yeah, I can do it.
1: Yes. So it sounds like you're in such a great place now. So how did you bring all those parts of yourself together as, you know, the whole of Charlene? Mm. Um, I just think,
0: I don't know, it's hard to answer that question. Um, I just, I think from spending all those years writing about my Asian identity, um, it was good. I also had AAP, Asian Australian Project, which had that platform to write about the things I wanted to do. But I got inspired by the people at AAP and just the people I follow as well that yet oh, they're not talking about identity as much as me, but that's this is just the way I learned about my just my cultural identity we're talking about here mm-hmm. um, because I kind of wrote myself out. I can still write things, but I kind of I've written about all the experiences that helped me um, understand my a- identity as Asian Australian, that now I can write about being a woman or being an Asian Australian woman. Like all these things, like intersectionality, basically, um, write about mental health, write about my uh, identity. Um, so I got inspired by people that I wanted to be like them and write about the things that they write about. We can just write about feelings, and me being the eh, sorry, <laughs> my identity, um, as whatever. Like it doesn't have to be labels anymore. It can just we can just I can just write or I can just talk. And I don't have to have a face for people. I can just say things that I can choose, pick and choose what I want to say to people. Um and just, you know, create things and not have my identity be a boundary. Like it can be it's there for me to connect with people, but there's so much more things to connect about. That's what I learned this year just from doing whatever I wanted like it's just a realization that I had mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know that like being um like a life coach and you you had all those experiences which led you to where you are now just like I think those experiences lead to me and when I listened to your podcast it inspired me because you did so much like you know working like s- six or seven days a week I think you said or well, just it just sounded very stressful and you you just wanted to do it but you ne- it led you to that burnout and he- hearing your story just inspired me that like I can do multiple things like you not as much because obviously that's not healthy um, no, <laughs> and not. yeah we, yeah we, I learned from your story and I learned from so many other people's stories as well from the space that I cultivated like from the people I follow on Instagram the podcasts I listen to um, even if it wasn't much, I didn't listen to many podcasts but I would take so much from what I listen to I'm like I'm unap- unapologetic about it like I'm not sorry for the way that I am. Which is exactly. so, yeah. such a powerful thing. Just like, we can, we're just two people. We're talking, we're listening to each other, we're unapologetically ourselves, selves. Mm-hmm. And we want to help people. Like, we're not like, we don't think we're better than people for being unapologetically, uh, uh, unapologetically ourselves. We want people to hopefully join get, us. yeah, join <laughs> us and learn from, like, take parts of what I say or what you say and just apply it to our own life. And mm-hmm. that is a way that you can really just be yourself. I mean, hopefully learn how to be yourself
1: unapologetically because it's so fun. It's so freeing and it feels so great. Yeah. yeah. It definitely (laughs) is. And as you said before, I think you mentioned this a couple of times, how when you're a kid, when you stand out and you seem different, you seem to be made fun of. But now we realize that everybody's different. Mm. Like everybody's voices are different. Everybody looks different. Everyone is unique and special in their own ways and you don't have to show that to everybody you can just you know be yourself and people will see that yes and we love that
0: about people like you never look at someone and think like sometimes you look at someone like oh she's so pretty or like their style is so unique I love that like being different is a superpower like Mm. if you don't follow the trends they really stand out and but also you can just be like, you don't have to look at people and be jealous of them. You can just be happy for them or just think, oh, they're so cool. Like, I would love to wear an outfit like that. Like, you yeah, know, it's just like, yeah, be inspired not, rather than being actual. jealous. Because hate and love is just passion. And you can just, mm. um, it, indifference is when you just don't care. But whereas if you hate something or if you love something, it can easily be converted. Like, sometimes you might hate a song. Like, you say, I hate this song or I hate this artist. But then maybe there's, a, but then you hate it so much that you keep, every time you hear it, you're just like, oh you're just popping up to it and then you start loving it like how many times does that happen to you because it's happened to me like yeah it's like but whereas if I really if I'm indifferent it's like I just don't like it
1: tell us about some of the projects you're working on right now
0: yeah um my current project right now I have started this Instagram called being Asian Aussie and this started from um last year I had an assignment for like an ebook and it was called an Asian Aussie guide. Cause I just wanted to write, I wrote like a guide for young Australian, uh, Asian Australian people and kind of just a guide on loving your identity, which is just what I always talk about, what I always write. And it's not been published just cause it was like kind of like a draft. Um, and I knew I wanted to do something like that in like outside of uni, like make some, I didn't know if it was going to be a website or ebook or, but now it's changed. I mean changed, evolved into an Instagram account, which I've started. Um, and right i think it's gonna it's gonna be a conglomerate of all my projects like being asian aussie um right now my project is to all the women i've loved before and non-binary folk i've loved before the way that i'm amplifying women's or asian women women of colors right now it's asian women but it could evolve into more um the way that i'm amplifying their stories and voices is through love letters. Um, I always, like, loved writing love letters to, like, you know, I mean, I guess it's like thing, like, you know, writing love letters to your crushes or um, people that you love. But this one is, like, me just writing about the women who inspired me and writing to them and also the people that f- follow can see... Their story or how they impacted me, and then they could try, like not try, um, just find out about their story, and if they want to, they can support them. Like it's just it's just me giving love to people, basically, and giving love to the women who really inspired me to be who I am now and helped me become unapologetically myself. From the way that I could see, like you know, there's entrepreneurs, there's singer-songwriters, um, motivational speakers, authors, like that, These kind of people that inspire me that. Like, I wanted to be like them in the way that they created things and the way that they carried themselves. So, yeah, that's the current project right now. So people can just have, like, the, a kick out of their day, like, to just see, see something positive on their feed. Um, and that's what I cultivate my space. Everything in my in my feed is positive, and I want to add to that. Um, so, yeah, I just hope people can just be feel happy just to see a little burst of energy. And also, I want that person receiving the love letter, I want them to feel, you know that their work is valuable. Even if they do or do not read it, I still want to put it out there. Just just put my love out into the world. I don't have, even have to be sad if I don't get a response. Um, I just yeah. feel good about showing love to them and people can learn about their story or
1: see how they had such an impact on me. So yeah, yeah that's the that's current a thing. Really positive space that you're building and something for everyone to think about as well. Like who are you inspired by? And how can you incorporate parts of that inspiration into what you do every day? So that's that's really positive and just a, a good reminder that there is love from other people and you can start to cultivate that love from within as well. Yeah, for sure. What's one piece of advice for people who don't fully love all aspects of themselves and are working towards showing up unapologetically? Yeah. I think just
0: realizing that if you sometimes you feel scared about how people are going to react to what you're going to say and it's really hard like sometimes you don't get the response that you want but I think realizing that just doing things for you and not like doing things for you but also being respectful of others like not doing things because your parents want you to do it because your friends want you to do it but just being influenced if you're being influenced positively then that's a good thing but Really just caring about what you want and seeing what what your inner child will want you to do, knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and not shying away from like thinking, oh, I'm weak in this thing. That means I'm not worthy or something. You can still work on those things. It's not really a fault. Like you don't have to look just, I think changing your negative frame of your thoughts and positively framing it can help as well. There's just been so many things that have led me up to this point. A lot of soul searching, a lot of like, I had so many hard times of being on, on, feeling like I was on autopilot, but still doing what I wanted to do. Um, And even if it was scary, like it was scary for me to, I had my first like kind of trip without my parents this year. And I went on the airplane just with my sister and my cousin. Like it was this kind of, a no not a normal thing but it can be a regular thing for a 21 year old to go on a flight no it can be on your own but for me it was like just with two family members who were like around my age um but it was super scary for me because i wasn't allowed to like leave my house like on my own for you know in my in my teen years which is it's not that that was fine but it was a way that my parents protected me but i got very scared from the things that happened to me when i first um like left my house so anyways when I was overseas it was hard I, w- I would cry like i would come home and cry like because it was so uncomfortable for me I had the great family members who encouraged me to do that so I could find independence so just following your heart yes people can influence you to do things but only you're going to be the person to do stuff out of your comfort zone so you, the more that you do that that's the more that you're going to grow and find out who you're really meant to be and it's great you it can be at any phase in your life that you can do this. But I think that it was good that I really wanted to, I manifested that I wanted life experience and I wanted to have new experiences this year. And that's what I had. And I have my blog, um, it's called Writing is My Therapy, um, which is just, hopefully, I think you'll put it in the show notes. It's just a sub stack, yeah. which is just like a little blog. I used to just write things, like instead of going into the, um like void of like watching Instagram reels and Facebook watch videos I would just write things instead because that that was like I was getting dopamine hits but it was like for hours on end I would just lie down on my bed just on Instagram like I was you know I wasn't really I always found joy in writing but I didn't think that what I wrote was going to be worth reading or I just I just wasn't writing for a long time I was only writing my assignments but I was like wait I want to do this for myself um so I wrote and I was writing every week or like just writing things. And I love reading back on it because I can see that I learned so much about myself from just writing about um, my experiences. We can
1: just relate about being people, not because of
0: markers of our identity.
1: You've shared a few of the places where people can find you. So I'll link all those in the show notes, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing so openly, being so willing to just communicate your struggles and everything yeah, I really think our listeners will understand and even if just your like your thoughts are jumbled or whatever comes to mind, like just all of that is so natural. We don't what we see from people normally is that you have to be so put together, you have to know everything you're saying and be like very clear and concise, but yeah, that's just the way people are and of course I am like that as well. In my head I have so many thoughts. And that's why I have this book in front of me so I can write down those (laughs) (laughs) questions or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Charlene. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that everyone had a great time listening as well. Join me for a cozy getaway to the Blue Mountains. The Calm Retreat is where you can surround yourself in nature and other amazing women who are also second guessing where they are in life right now. Let's build meaningful connections with ourselves and be more intentional about our lives. For more details, head to kindofheart.com slash retreat or check out the link in the show notes. Hope to see you there.